Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. What's up, everybody? My name is Indy, and that gentleman sitting right to, over here, that's Mr. Jay Powell from Powell Group Consulting, and it looks like he's on a pirate ship or something. I am. I'm on the IWO ship. <laughs> IWO ship. That's super cool. And uh, this is Indie Game Business. Today, hey, everybody. And now, aka Indie Game Lover, and we're talking about Indie World Order Con. So, welcome to the show, everybody. Well, thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) So, you all launched the IWO Con, was it last week? When did it go live? Last week? It was exactly a week ago, yeah. <laughs> and and this is something that if you haven't tried it on on Steam, it's completely free. It's highlighting a whole bunch of you know indie games and and their wonderful sponsors and all this sort of stuff. And I wanted to have the two of you on here because it's it's remarkable what you all have done, and it's 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 very cool. And I want to make sure the, the world knows about it. So, but before we get into all that, we always have to start you know at the beginning. So. There's two of you, so you can choose who goes first here. But tell us how you got into the industry and then walk us through your career, what you've been doing up to this point. Well, I'll go with uh, ladies first. So, Danelle, if you want to start, plus mine will be a long answer. (laughs) Uh, I don't even know. Mine's like a weird journey. Um, I started because I was in this art app back in the day, and I was helping people over there share their work that I was impressed with. Uh, but the app kind of fell apart um, and the devs had to close it. Uh, and it was like really sad. I'm still sad to this day over the closing of that particular situation. Uh, but in the dust, uh, I met one of my, well, who is my best friend right now. And we uh, started working on some game dev related stuff at the same time. Um, and then I kind of accidentally just transferred my love of helping people into indie games instead and i was like well now i'm doing indie game stuff so now i just really want to share indie game stuff and uh so be so birth indie game lover and then from there it was just a slow slow and steady progression i guess and has always just been about trying to make sure that you know the devs feel like someone saw them for a second because i felt like that was really important and i think things really started to grow I guess last year with the going into, you know, uh, uh, Indie World Order and Pitch a Game and um, and now IOCon through Indie World Order and, uh, yep, <laughs> just a just a huge collection of things that I can't even tell the whole story in a in a good manner. So, what about you? Um, so my story is a little bit longer because you know. Uh, I started pretty much back in 2001. You know, I was very active in the Rune, the original Rune community, you know, uh, Human Heads Rune. 
And I was also, you know, modding and level designing for Unreal Tournament, you know, in my spare time. And all I went to do was become a level designer. I mean, it was either that or playing guitar all the time. <laughs> um, so, you know, I was very active in the room community. And uh, one thing led to another. I started pretty much having uh, a few uh, community-based websites and uh, giving some hits and tips for, I mean, hints and tips for, uh, for other level designers and modders for Rune and sometimes for Unreal Tournament. And uh, before I knew it, you know, I started applying for jobs for, you know, in different studios as a level designer. And there was only one studio back then here in Florida. Uh, maybe you guys remember it. It was, uh, the name was Digitalo and they developed this game, um, whoa, Devastation. Whoa. Wait, seriously, you were on the Digitalo team? Well, it's a funny story. I passed the interview, but I wasn't because it closed down after I passed the interview. <laughs> they were one of my very first clients when I got started in the industry. I was the one that did the deal between them and the publisher. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I mean, it's a small world, you know, especially really in is. the That's gaming awesome. industry. Sorry, go ahead. That was just out of the blue. I did not expect that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I got a job, but, you know, I aced the interview. Uh, Victor Leon was actually running the studio and I had mm -hmm. the interview with him and he was like excited and thrilled with the stuff I had because, you know, especially back at the time, I had a pretty impressive portfolio based on what you could find around the community, you know, but, um, you know, I passed the interview, but then the studio sat down. So it is what it is. So, you know, I decided since I was still in college, I was like, okay, obviously moving is not an option for me right now. So might as well start my own thing for a while, you know, maybe a mod for uh, Unreal Tournament 2003, since that's what was coming out back then. And I was like, you know, maybe maybe I can do something until I graduate, you know. Um, so the Soul Keeper was born as a mod for, uh, as a total conversion mod for uh, Unreal Engine 2 slash Unreal Tournament 2003. Um, that was a lot of work, you know, we were quite ambitious with it. It's a word I hear quite often. Uh, I mean, if you remember back then, people would refer to Unreal Engine as the first-person shooter engine, which nowadays kind of sounds funny, right? Um, so what we wanted to do was a medieval fantasy-themed mod which had dragons, horses, catapults, all kinds of crazy stuff. And we actually did it. So, uh, you know, we had a pretty good following. We launched the first version of that mod in 2005. And I remember actually went pretty well. Uh, if you guys remember, File Planet back then was the number one source to get, you know, any gaming files. So we were in the top 25, right next to uh, World of Warcraft uh, patch, whatever patch they had that year and in that period. And um, we were actually also nominated for an IGF award in 2006. Epic and Independent Games Festival invite us over to GDC the same year. It was a very cool experience for us. Um, then, you know, 2007, 2008, we started discussing with some publishers because they were interested in the Soul Keeper IP and everything that was going on. Um, but 2008, of course, there was a huge economic crisis. Maybe you guys remember one big studio after the other were closing down. So even though things were looking out, they were looking up and they were looking good for us. It is what it is, you know. Actually, I remember one person was telling me, look, man, I don't even know if I will have a job here. So nothing wrong with your game. It's just that we're closing down. It is what it is.
so you know i still had to keep going though because i really believed in you know in pursuing this and i was already far too deep to just give up and go work somewhere else so we just kept going and uh for a while you know especially back then being an indie was nearly impossible since all the engines were quite expensive back then uh so for a while we even developed our own engine um but then you know epic came and changed the the landscape with unreal engine 4 and i was really happy to see that actually because uh the prices before unreal engine 4 came out were really prohibit prohibitively expensive for indies you know it was impossible to work with any engine i mean you needed you know six figures or more so um so you know for a while we built our own engine then unreal engine 4 came out uh we started working with that uh then vr came along we saw some opportunities there at the same time we also worked with uh some uh companies outside the gaming industry we developed a b2b vr application for a company in the aerospace industry they pretty much wanted an application where they could use uh you know they could use it for end product visualization for the interior of business jets uh, we even showcased that at mbaa it's an industry you know aviation industry event in 2015 we got some pretty good feedback there um and then of course since we were already busy with vr we thought hey might as well start pretty much building uh, a version of the soul keeper in vr so uh, along with my company helm systems we went we went on and we built this uh, in the 2016-2017 period. We released in 2017 an early access version of the game. Uh, we got some mixed reviews. I mean, it was pretty tough to nail VR, especially back then. I think it still is. Um, we kept working on that for a while. We developed some pretty advanced systems that we didn't release because eventually, you know, we found out that it was costing us a lot more just to keep developing for VR than it would cost us if we started something that would be targeting the non-VR market. So pretty much we started working on both VR and non-VR uh, with priority actually on the non-VR side of things. Um, and that's where we're still at right now. Uh, but at the same time then, you know, it was I think somewhere in 2019 that I came up, uh, upon, you know, I came across this um, this community of indie devs, and uh, that's pretty much, you know, how indie dev world order, that's how it was called back then, uh, started. So how, or let's dive into that a little bit. So how did it actually start? Tell, talk a little bit about the initial momentum that you got and what the focus was originally and then let's get into a little bit of what in the world possessed you to create a conference <laughs> that you put on steam so yeah yeah so uh you know as i was busy with the soul keeper and of course i was fully aware of how hard this is as an indie developer to you know to gain any traction to to get attention you know um as I was saying, I remember coming across this community on Twitter, actually. They were using this hashtag, right, in the dev world order. And uh, it was growing very popular by the day. Actually, it was crazy. It was, I, I thought for a while I was going on for at least a couple of months, but it was just fresh right then. It was, I believe it was October 2019. Maybe it was September. I'm not sure. So 
I pretty much, you know, joined the hype train <laughs> through the Soul Keeper on Twitter. And then I started interacting with people from that community. And I remember specifically uh, Skull Commando Labs. Of course, anyone familiar within the World Order knows his name. Uh, he reached out to me and he's like, hey, you know, we have this thing going on and we really need people that kind of get the idea of how it is to be an Indian stuff. And do you think you could maybe, you know, hang out with us and maybe we can all do something? I'm like, sure, you know, it doesn't hurt talking to each other. I mean, I don't know what exactly you guys are trying to do, but sure, let's get together and see what's going on, you know. So he sent me an invite to their Discord server, which was also newly formed as far as I'm concerned back then. Um, all right, but and, wait, Byron, let, let's yeah. talk about how far back back then was because it's really not that old. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was it was like you know, a year, a year and a half ago, yeah, just a tiny bit longer than IOCON work, basically. Yeah. <laughs> a little but that's long, you know, beyond that's IOCON, it feels long because we've done so many things since then that it, it's just crazy, you know. It, to me, it does feel like it was very long ago, but yeah, the truth is it was just, you know, it was fall 2019, so. <laughs> That's what I wanted everybody to get a, an idea of, because it's not like this is something you're talking you've been doing for the last decade. You know, this is <laughs> this is like in a year you've done this, and uh, granted, you know, 2020 feels more like about six years, but, you yeah. know, it is just one year. So anyway, go ahead. All right, so... So, you know, I joined their Discord, right? And uh, I met more people there. I also met uh, Ancalabro. I'm sure everybody familiar once again within the world order knows that name very well. And, of course, our day gamer, who is also our official streamer. Um, so, you know, I started talking to these people, and I saw that there was genuine interest in, you know, helping indie devs. And being an indie dev myself, I was like, this makes total sense. And, you know... Obviously, the industry has changed a lot through all the years that I'm in it. And as I was saying earlier, you know, it was almost impossible to survive as an indie dev back in the early 2000s, you know, or even before 2010. But, and lately, of course, you know, the tools have been democratized. It's a lot easier to get into, you know, to be able to use certain of the tools that you couldn't before and so on and so forth. But still, you know, the industry still has ways to evolve and always will. So... I know how tough it is for indie devs, and especially nowadays that everybody can become an indie dev, or at least they can start trying to become an indie dev. Uh, you know, it's a lot more competitive. It's a lot harder to gain traction. So I saw this group. I, I, I truly believed in what they, they believed in. And uh, from there on, they actually, you know, we had a couple of conversations, a couple of meetings, you know, and... From there on, given the experience that I was bringing to the table, they asked me if I could actually lead their organization, which back then was just a hashtag and a Discord server. At the same time, that's pretty much when I met more or less Danelle, who also was brought in. I, I believe she was brought in by Skull, but I will let Danelle describe her, you know, her perspective of uh, how the whole thing evolved. Um, but pretty much that's when I met Danelle. And um, at the same time, you know, I also went to bring some of my people because I was like, okay, guys, if, if we're going to do something with this and you really want this to work out, first of all, we have to get organized. Right now it's just a hashtag and a Discord server, which is cool, you know. 
but we can get very far with that and we have to pretty much start being give it perhaps maybe a more formal approach and i understand this is an indie community and everybody is you know anti well i wouldn't say anti-business that's that's definitely the wrong way to put it but you know let's say they're unconventional right uh that's where i kind of stepped the foot down i was like okay if you want me to get involved and spend time in this because at the same time you know i had and still have actually the soul keeper being developed we have a pretty good following there we have a pretty good traction so i don't want to screw that up um so I told them it will be very challenging for me to be able to dedicate myself in both projects at the same time, but I'm willing to do it if we are, if you guys are willing to do certain things in a certain manner. So pretty much we started, you know, uh, formalizing the relationship. We formed up an LLC. Um, we changed our name to Indie World Order because we felt that in the Dev World Order was targeting specifically devs and our community was not just devs you know there's a whole bunch of musicians voiceover actors live streamers and we want to be able to support as many people as we can and that's how more or less uh in the world order was born so the timing was interesting obviously because in the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 the minute COVID hit and GDC basically was the first casualty in terms of, of conference on that. Everyone was looking at digital conferences, which of course, you know, I was chuckling at because we had been doing them for a year at that point and just struggling to get attention in the first place. But Danelle, let's talk a little bit about why you decided in the midst of this to do a conference because everything is like steamrolling at once you know the indie world order is is growing and the momentum's there and you've formed a real company and it's not like everybody else in the world didn't have other shit to deal with day in and day out now why did you decide to do a conference and why did you decide to do it the way that you did i feel like everything about all the stuff that we've done with comes down to like what I like to think of as a timing and meant to be factor in some senses. Like I just happened to arrive at the perfect timing to try to be helping people. And we all collided at the perfect timing with like the perfect set of personalities to be helping people. So it was like, we're all like kind of brand new and, and COVID strikes and that desire, that just strong desire. Cause at the core you know, there's a whole bunch of people that want to help people. And then there's the people that really actually want to help people. You know, the basis of like what I do, like we're like really into the helping the people aspect and like taking care of people at like the core, even when it hurts. And so when everybody's hurting in COVID, you know, this idea of man, all these indies are suffering, all the conferences are blowing up, they can't get anywhere, you know, this little bit of what they could have done and got a little bit of traction for themselves has all just fallen apart like everything else is falling apart in the world. We're like, let's try to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to do a digital conference, guys. <laughs> we really want to help everybody. You know, it was right after, like, we, like, a GD, 
I think it was GD. One of the conferences kind of fell apart on the fly, and we we're out there trying to promote all the games that were going to be in it, and they've been canceled. And off the tail of all of this, like hard work, trying to help them as much as possible through that, you know, it was just like, guys, we got to do something. Like, let's try to do something. Let's 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 take this like a step further, and let's like, uh, you know, dig in and try to make a conference that will uh, impact indies and do what we can to help them in this rough see that is already rough for indies (laughs) i mean it's kind of funny because we we intended to have some kind of event right before COVID hit but obviously wasn't meant to be digital and obviously wasn't meant to be that big because you know funding um so the idea originally was that in the dev world order wanted to have an annual event or of some sort uh preferably on a physical location, not just online, where they could promote indie devs. And I was like, this is kind of crazy, you know? Plus, there are so many events happening out there. Like, do you guys realize the logistics that are involved in this? Like, it's 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 nuts. It's like, you can't go against PAX and GDC and all of those existing events. And why would you? You know, why do we need to reinvent the wheel? But, hey, we can always try bringing something new to the table and hopefully, you know, it has some kind of appeal. Um, at the same time, as you said, COVID hit, right? And came out of the blue. Well, kind of out of the blue. So I remember it was, I clearly remember it was February to March and everybody was complaining and rightfully so on Twitter that, you know, with GDC being canceled, their projects are going to suffer. I mean, you know, it was their only viable option for them to have a chance to get some press coverage, you know, to get some traction on their games. So that's when, you know, with the experience I had with Unreal Engine and uh, not just Unreal Engine for games, but also Unreal Engine for different sorts of applications, like, for example, the uh, the one for the aerospace industry. I was like, you know what? Why don't we give it a try and, you know, just build a prototype of a virtual conference? Just let's play with it, you know, whatever happens. I mean, I don't have to spend too much time putting it together, just enough to see if it's even a viable option. And that's actually when we put together the uh, the very first uh, trailer, so to speak, that we used on Twitter, which I believe uh, was, I think was end of March last year. You know, the one where it looked very conference-like. We had like booths and, uh, you know, screens playing all kinds of stuff. You know, it looked like you were actually in a convention center and there was one booth after the other, which is kind of funny because, you know, it. It, it didn't look very indie, if you know what I mean. It looked like those super expensive booths that you expect to see at the real conferences. And uh, I remember we actually had an interesting conversation at this point. I know Danelle was definitely against that look. She was like, this is too formal. It's, <laughs> it's too business-like, you know. We are games, we're indie devs. I'm like, well, you have a point, but still, I mean, everybody's running a business with their indie games, right? So we kind of played around with the idea for a while, and eventually one day I came across uh, this package on the Unreal Marketplace with pirate assets. And I was like, you know what? This looks really, really fun. And I showed it to Danelle, and she's like, wow, crap, you know, this looks really good. You know, I'm like, what if we try to change everything we have and, you know, we apply this and then bring our own stuff in it, obviously, and just, I don't know, build a pirate-themed conference. AKA basically start over. (laughs) 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 
it's, it's not a feature creep. It's a completely new project. That's the um, yeah. It's it's worse than feature creep. <laughs> so I mean, for so, the folks out there who who haven't seen this yet, you know, the, the difference here is instead of doing a virtual arena that you log into, like a lot of the, I mean, because there's a lot of virtual tech companies that are trying to do these. Here's your avatar run around a convention center, just exactly like you just described. That's not what this is. You know, you can go to Steam, download it. We've got the, we had the link up here a minute ago. I'm not sure where it went, but this is a conference that you actually download. And this is, it's something that is completely different than a lot of what you see. I mean, it's similar in some aspects to like what Exola does with Game Carnival, but not. It, 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 there's not, you don't run around and have meetings. And that to me is, you know, that's, that's what a conference is, but this is a, it looks really, really good. It, and I say that not with a sense of amazement that you couldn't do that, but in a sense of amazement in the fact that that's not what the majority of these things look like. You know, a lot of these conferences out there are very stale and, and here's a, a video running on a thing, but it's like every single booth is different. And it's themed and there's like little hats that you can put on and run around. And who did this? Was this all your studio or who was actually involved in the creation of this little world? Well, in case things weren't fun enough already. <laughs> so, you know, since I knew this would be quite an undertaking, like an undertaking, you know, um, I figured I might ask some of my team from Home Systems and the Soul Keeper, like if they would be willing to just contribute to this. I told them there is no money involved with this right now, at least. And you know, if you want to help a bunch of indies, since you yourselves understand what it is to be an indie, you're more than welcome. If not, I totally understand. I'm not gonna hold against you. It makes sense to me. Um, and yet, you know, two people actually stepped up and they offered to help me out build this. I, they told me that, you know, their time would be limited, but still they wanted to help as much as they could. And one was our lead programmer, Mazmer, and the other one was Jose, who is uh, pretty much our lead technical artist. So both of them started, you know, working with me on the early stages of uh, the IWACON and uh, building the framework. And from there on, you know, since we still had the SKE and we still have Soulkeeper and it has to be developed, at some point, I'm like, okay, I think I got from here. You guys can focus more, you know, your attention more on the Soul Keeper. And I will just keep doing what I can on my end with Iwakon. So, you know, of course, at the same time, all design was, you know, it was a team effort. So, you know, there was a lot of design discussions and meetings like you would expect for any game uh, with the Iowa team as well. And of course, you know, we had also sessions where there was both teams, the Iowa and the Home Systems, together discussing things that we should do and what everybody thought about certain features and so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much how it was developed. We understand it's not perfect. It wasn't meant to be perfect. It was meant to be a first year proof of concept. And on top of everything else, it was meant to be a quick reaction to the way things were developing. So, you know, when we saw that a lot of developers are suffering because GDC is canceled this year, well, last year, you know, 2020, we were like, we have to do something and we have to do something quick, as quick as we can and as quick as circumstances allow us. 
it won't be perfect. I warned actually everybody in the on the team that it won't be perfect. I can promise you already there will be bugs. It will have a lot of stuff wrong, you know. And that's not the way I, I personally believe in developing projects. But here speed is of the essence. So we have to come up with a solution, something that works more or less, hopefully more, <laughs> um, so that these developers, you know, because I know how it is to be an indie, and I know that what you have now, and it looks good right now, in a couple of months or even less than a year, it will look bad. It will look dated, you know. So you have to show what you have right now. And obviously, you know, we, we rust as much as we could so we can bring this to the developers as fast as we could. And of course, that was quite a daunting task that, you know, I could never have completed without the Iowa team. And especially, you know, I have to give extra credit to Danel because Danel was the bridge between the development side and, you know, the PR side. Uh, Danel pretty much single-handedly, you know, was dealing with all the developers out there, and that's a lot of them. Uh, they was dealing with collecting all the assets and organizing them so that me and my team, we can pretty much start working with them and use them and apply them in the conference. And uh, it, it was crazy. I mean, honestly, sometimes I'm still amazed that we actually pulled it off. I, like I said, it's not perfect, but it's there. And You I, did you know. something that, that's actually really good. And, and, and you say, it's like we wanted a proof of concept. I see a lot of proof of concepts. This is beyond a proof of concept. This is something that, and we were chatting last night about, and we'll get into what comes next, but I mean, this is something that I can absolutely see you all iterating on and, and continuing to do, add stuff to it and, and things like that. And you're doing some things that major conferences are struggling to do and, and, and implement into this sort of stuff. So then I'm going to toss this one back to you, you know, since you were the one that was working with all the developers. So first off, tell us how many teams and how many projects are <laughs> actually showcased in this. Uh, I don't have the exact number, but it's around 200. And I say I don't have the exact number because it's kind of like if I have to count the sponsors, if I have to count um, the publisher booths that are the big giant ones that have like, you know, three to six games involved. So there's like kind of a multi-collective on top of a publisher um, and then on top of all of the games. So there was around 200 uh roughly somewhere in the 200 to like 220 i feel like boost as an overall so yeah just a lot of information <laughs> so much work with the back and forths and collecting information from everybody and trying my best to remind people when i was waiting you know on little bits that they wanted to send and hadn't sent yet um, and then, of course, we have the whole side with all the scheduling and the streamers. I mean, I, like like Myron said, I can't believe we pulled it off. Like, I was I was in a panic like three days before. It was it, it was like I was like, oh my god, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Let's just go 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 as hard as we can. Um, and uh, uh, like I'm still very proud and impressed that the the whole team, uh, everybody, you know, like. Uh, even though me and Myron did a lot, you know, the others, they all did so much. I like, we couldn't have done it without, without everybody else as well. So brings up a, a very good point because I've worked with you through pitch game as well as this. And he says, I don't know how indie game lover does everything she does. I'm pretty much convinced she's a vampire at this point <laughs> and she does not need to be able to sleep for some reason because yeah, I agree. it's, absolutely 
even just what you do for this con is probably two people's jobs. And then you've got all this other stuff that you're doing as well. I am constantly amazed by the level of, of work and dedication and love you put into an industry. And But you don't want to be showcased. You don't, you're just like, I'm going to stand back and I'm going to let everybody else you know, take the limelight here. But I want the me personally, I want the world to know how much freaking work you put into all of this stuff because it, it's it, it's amazing. Indie game business has one of the longest running digital event series in the gaming industry with hundreds of publishers, investors, developers, and tech companies to meet with. All the sessions are always free to watch forever, and you can get a free pass to receive all the slide decks from all the speakers. The tickets for meetings start just at $50. Go to IndieGame.Business and use the code IGBPODCAST to get 20% off your ticket. There's some talk a little bit about the features of these booths, because this is something that's very cool. And, and this obviously, you know, you helped organize all this stuff. Tell the listeners what happens when you actually walk into one of the booths on this island. Uh, well, you get their their information you know, the little pop-up card on the left. Oh, we had a lot of fun trying to debate what we're going to put on there and what we're going to pop up and how everything was going to work out. You know, what was important because, you know, everybody has 3,000 media links, but we can't give everybody everything on one card. It's impossible. So the sort of hyper-focus of like, okay, let's give a little bit of information and a little bit of links. Um, and I feel like it turned out really fun with, with how it is and that we tried to... Uh, any any of the games that don't pop up Steam, they don't have a Steam page yet, or maybe they're mobile, or maybe they just will never have a Steam. So if anybody listening is confused as to why one card is, quote, broken because it doesn't go to Steam, it's because they don't have a Steam yet. Um, but yeah, so you're just sort of like, and I think that even when I was sending out sample screenshots to the devs, I knew that the sort of scale of the booth, you couldn't you couldn't quite put in perspective the scale that when you go in, you are actually walking into any of the booths, even the smallest ones, you're like, wow, you're like in that booth. It just takes over your whole screen, no matter what view you're in. And you really feel like you have this moment with this with this game. And I think it was, uh, you know, really well done. It, it really is. It's, it's, I turned around and like last night I, I was talking to you and I was like, I can't find my booth because we've got a booth. Any game business <laughs> and Power Group has a booth. And I had skipped the island that it was on and I spawned in and I'm like, I turn around. It's just like massive right there. And I was like, how the hell did I miss this when I, you know, walked in? I was like, I have to, I know I have to like have just completely, you know, turned the other direction and walked away. The other cool thing about this is none of the booths are the same or if they are, you've done a hell of a good job of disguising it. So it doesn't look like they're the same. And, and most of these other digital conferences that we see, 
yeah, there are like three or four different templates you could pick from, but all the booths kind of tend to look the same. This is like you're walking into a freaking theme park. You know, everything is different. There's <laughs> flying stuff in the air. Who paid for this? Us. Well, <laughs> I mean, my run. <laughs> Yeah, I, most of it is self-funded. I mean, all of it is self-funded. Most most of the initial self-funding stages were done by me, but everybody on the team contributed. And, you know, I think the most important investment we all pretty much brought to this was our skills, you know, our set of skills. And what I really liked, because I've worked with a lot of teams, I've worked with a lot of people over the years. What I particularly like with this team is that Nobody's scared of work, as you said. You know, Danelle must be a vampire. I'm quite convinced of it. You know, uh, we, actually had, we actually had quite a lot of discussions and arguments. Like, hey, Danelle, go get some sleep. You know, <laughs> like you'll be more no! productive tomorrow if you get some <laughs> some sleep. You know, so um, you know. But the whole group we have, it's like everybody brings a unique set of skills, and nobody's scared to work hard. Nobody's scared of the challenges. And um, everybody actually was willing to adapt to the situation because, you know, given how the whole year was, uh, both, you know, in terms of development and that we had to balance our projects with everything else and how real life was going, you know, with COVID and everything. It was things were moving. I mean, it felt like six years, as you said, but at the same time, everything was moving fast and there was a lot of uncertainty every single day, you know, and. That's hard to deal with all that stuff at the same time. So I really admire how we as a group managed to overcome all those challenges and actually deal with it. And as for the booths that you said, obviously we have to be smart about it, right? So we do have templates. And if you look closely, you will find that there are templates and they're being repeated. But at the same time, since we wanted everybody to feel that they have a unique, you know, like they were unique in there and they had all our attention, which they did, we, we even when we reused certain things, we tried to do it in such a way that it would be almost impossible, as you said, to notice. So, and at the same time, as you said, you know, all the other conferences, they were just sticking to the conference aspect of things. To us, what was more most important this year, at least, because, you know, I saw a lot of reviews on Steam and a lot of the feedback we got was that people wish for multiplayer features, which I totally understand. And we ourselves actually want to see that. But at the same time, since the speed of was, you know, time was of the essence and we were, you know, under-resourced and we still wanted to achieve the primary goal, which was to attract attention to the games themselves and the products that our exhibitors had to showcase. Uh, we pretty much designed everything around that, that primary purpose, you know, so... Even the coins we put in there, the gamified elements, you know, like shooting cannons, anything. It all it, it was all put there with the purpose of pretty much forcing you to walk around and see everybody's work. So how much time, if you had to estimate, how many <laughs> how many people hours do you think went into this? Oh, I don't know. Thousands. I don't know. I mean I'll be honest with you. I'm so glad that today it's the last day on this because <laughs> I feel like I can catch my breath. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, already dealing with one project was bad enough, you know, especially, you know, I don't know if you follow the Soul Keeper, you're more than welcome to. But 
it's already a demanding project and you know as i said earlier today you know i often hear the word ambitious and it's usually thrown at me not in a positive way and i understand you know it makes sense but it was crazy for me at least personally i was crazy trying to combine the two but you know i like the challenge i won't lie and i actually as Danel said we're all dedicated to actually helping people because we understand the situation they go through we ourselves in one extent to one extent or another we have gone through this similar situations so at the end of the day you you really have to want to do something in order to be able to do it and when you do that actually you don't even keep track of the time to be honest so i can't really give you an exact number but i can tell you that was a lot a lot of man hours that were put into this like would I this have even fight. if it weren't for covid would this have even been possible i'm not sure to be honest with you i'm not sure i think we would try to do the same i mean the, the goal was the same for in the world order but i don't think we would have ended up doing iwacon we would probably do maybe a physical version of iwacon and i can promise you won't be anywhere near this right so it would be something very simple some presentations here and there you know nothing unique but COVID certainly inspired the whole thing, you know, to come together. So there's just a, a lot here. <laughs> what has the response been since you launched last week? Uh, actually, it's funny. You know, it's, it's kind of, I mean, I think Danielle, you'll agree, but we, we started kind of slow, you know, and a lot of people, especially the gamers, you know, some gamers would be like, hey, you know, I have an old computer and I can't run this, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, not everybody has the latest technology, the latest graphics cards, you know, and I understand and I feel sorry. I mean, I really do, but you know, as, as the, uh, the launch, you know, as, as we actually kicked into the weekend last weekend, I remember there was this turning point that more and more people started paying attention to what's going on, especially since steam put us on the front page. And then actually, I think people started truly appreciating what we put together here. And that's when it started just exploding. Like I was actually telling Danielle, hey, I think we'll be a quiet week, maybe, judging by how things started. So probably we can, you know, just keep an eye on things, but we'll probably be able to rest. Well, I can tell you that wasn't the case at all. <laughs> it wasn't there was the zero case. Rest. There's been zero rest. It's been just as crazy as leading up to, if not more than no it's not it's the same like every day i've been just as tired for the last like three weeks <laughs> you know, it's, not even, it's not even because of the reasons you would expect it because obviously yeah. when there's a launch of a game you expect that you will be there to support you know your your gamers and the release updates and so on and so forth but in this case that wasn't the reason why we couldn't rest this week it was because there was so much stuff happening that we had to respond and actually positive stuff like i can't even tell you how many developers reached out to us thanking us for the huge by their standards but i think by any indie dev standards a huge increase they noticed on their wish list or others on you know since they were already on sale uh on units sold so for us that made it all worth it to be honest i mean that was the yeah. goal of the whole thing and seeing people happy about it and also seeing live streamers actually being excited about it and they themselves in turn gaining new followers and new audiences you know that made it all worth it all of it yeah 
it was like I had the I had this turning point where seeing like the first streamer just like wide up at a really small game that nobody ever would have seen in like not in the big scheme of things unless they were just kind of in the industry and noticed it. It was that first moment of seeing someone get really excited over a game that never would have been seen otherwise that I was like, damn, all this year. Like, right this moment, this is all that I need. It is worth it. I don't care about the person that's like my really old computer can't run it. They don't quite understand the whole impact or everything. They don't even notice that there's all this other stuff going on. It's not just the game. You know, we busted butt on getting sponsors and getting the event page on Steam and building it. Every single game has a browser page that you can go and find more information on. And that took weeks of hours and hours of work to do and collect information for. Um, and then we have all the streamers and the presentations are so much more than even just the game. And even if it was just the game, you know, they should be a pre they should be like amazed at what we managed to pull together in such a short time, not being paid, you know, like, like, uh, like I don't even get anything from this, you know, like none of the, none of the people that are running it are, are getting anything, you know, like I'm just kind of there, you know, it's not like, my following explodes. I'm not a dev. I don't get 7 billion wish lists <laughs> added to me. So, you know, like, but seeing the, the, the devs that are like really appreciative and they're so thankful. And some of the streamers that are like really pre everybody is just, there's like all this positivity and, and it's like, you can't even keep up. Like my brain is exploding every day. I know that come tomorrow, I'm going to be sitting there trying to catch up on all the things that I could only look at for half a second and take in. Cause there's just been no time to, taken anything as time has been going well if it makes you feel any better Danielle, we just did what our eighth or ninth conference and every single one we do the week before i'm sitting here going i don't know how we're going to pull this off i have no idea how this is going to work so you know that experience that you've had is is completely normal that's the way the, the rest of us look at this so we've actually got a question from alexander on twitch like every game, a couple of ideas must have been abandoned during the development. Can you mention one? Absolutely. Uh, the first that comes to mind is multiplayer. We wanted it. We understood that social interaction would be pivotal, you know, would be an important aspect of this. And in order to make it up, uh, we pretty much included all the outside the app activities, you know, the presentations, the the streams, the uh, even on our own Discord server it was kind of like, I, don't know, I kind of felt like the central hub of the conference where people can get together, talk to each other, hang out with each other, form new relationships, new friendships, new business alliances, if you prefer. Um, and I must say that, you know, it was something we did want to have multiplayer, but we said it from the start. There's no way we, we have enough time or the resources to pull it off by the time we actually want to release it. So that was the first thing we we got rid of, even though we wanted to have it in. But I wanted a full like Sea of Thieves experience inside this. I don't know, I don't know what the problem was. If you just add multiplayer, isn't that how you do it, Myron? I mean, is, is, isn't it that, that easy? Yeah. You it's just, just click, that easy. You just make a couple of clicks and it's done. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you, because this was in the works for so long, how how were the initial exhibitors? chosen i mean with 200 games in here oh boy I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, so I, how what was the process like to to get the to get the attendees in the booth set up and, and selected well before Danelle goes on because i actually 
you know, I was already drowning with development. So I'm like, hey, Dano, there's no way I can personally, I mean, yes, I'm the developer here, but there's no way I can personally evaluate it's in every one of the, what was it, Danel, the original It was like number? something like 700 around in the, somewhere in the like yeah. 700 range of applications. Oh Just narrowing the games down took weeks of work. And like people just, they don't know. They don't know how much work, how many details all over, you know, like even just somebody wanting a small request added up to like two full days of uh, extra yeah. work right before the game launched. Like literally just like 12 hour days of making changes for all these requests that the developers on their end is like, I just need this one little tiny tweak, please, please, please. <laughs> and then on our end, it adds up to like two days more of work in the really <laughs> really intense situation to begin with uh but you want to do your best to you know make everybody happy and to make everybody feel good and let you know that you cared about them but yeah so there was like 700 applications and it was very long uh very long <laughs> process to go through everybody and you know you have you have some some stuff that's a that's a little bit easy you know you're not gonna take the the flappy bird clone that is, uh, that is, you know, really not great. There's some stuff that's really easy to like drop down, you know, like the 10 minute game that was just a jam, that was just a jam game. So, you know, you get the ones that are easier to pull. Um, and, but then you get to the point where, you know, and you feel awful <laughs> that there were at least 50 to 100 other games that were right there almost making it in that you were like basically crying over as you're down to the last debate with everybody and you're making those final choices and everybody's like trying to pick the last game that's going to make it and there's so many good ones left still um and then so yeah it's just that really gut-wrenching gut to send and out especially, the, the especially notes. Since we had one or two cases where they actually dropped out, dropped out last minute, and they were like, "Hey, you know, we we just won't participate," and we we're like, "You know how many people were trying to get into yeah. this? You know, you know how much time that happened? That was like one on or two <laughs> Why? Why did? Why would they drop out? Y'all were doing all the work. <laughs> I don't know. We'll right, just so say devs can be devs. <laughs> We've got a question for me, actually. I think this is like the first time, and I don't know if anyone's ever actually asked me a question on any of these podcasts. So Skull Commando Lab says, question for Mr. Powell. Hi, <laughs> what have you found at IWOCon different from other online conventions that you have attended? So first of all, if you call me Mr. Powell again, I will boot <laughs> your ass from this server. That's the <laughs> first rule. The... So, I mean, obviously, folks that follow us know that we've been doing we've been doing digital events for since early 2019. We got a head start on everybody else, but ours are very focused on the business side. We don't have a virtual space that you can walk through. You know, it's all about finding a person and doing a meeting. So from my standpoint in the industry, that's what I'm most accustomed to. I'm going to go in here and there may be a little virtual area or, you know, something where I have an avatar and I'm running around. But in general, I'm looking to do meetings with other people. The difference in this one to me, and, and there's only a couple of these events that I have seen actually fully integrate, what I'm going to call fully integrate the booths into this. So it's more than I walk by a generic looking stand and there's a video running. The 
difference here was one, the little interactivities that pop up. So you walk into a booth at, at IWOCon and immediately on your screen, there's like two little buttons that pop up. And one of them is, you know, hit one through five on your keyboard and you will go to a YouTube page, a Steam page, something, you know, that's integrated right there. And this this sounds like such a low bar to hit, but it works. That's the thing. It's so many of these things, they get rushed out. They don't work properly and yours can works. And that was, like I said, it sounds like a very low bar to hit, but it's a very important bar to hit because not a lot of other, you know, events like this do that and, and successfully. So I can immediately, you know, pop in and go see the steam page or if you go into the indie game business booth which is on the main island east by the way i learned that last night oh, um it's really cool the, you should definitely it's, go it looks really cool <laughs> there's a lot of coins there if, if there's also a glider pad in, nearby yeah, just do that I, too I, I like my hat basically that's in that booth that i wore that around a lot but you can go in and it says do you want our new 2021 publisher list? You hit five and it immediately kicks you over to a landing page we made specifically for the conference where you not only get our, you know, our publisher list, but you also get a nice little fat discount on all of our upcoming workshop pluses and, and other events too. But that's the sort of thing that you don't typically see working successfully in this and so for developers it's just fantastic because someone could go into your booth they hit two they go to your steam page and automatically they're they can wish list your game i mean it, it, it's not something where you've got to paste a code and go somewhere else it's it's little things like that that you know should be included in all of these events but you just don't see you know, people that have pulled it off nearly as, as well as you all have. So a uh, very long answer, but it's the, it's the fact that it can works. That's, that is such a amazing thing and it's gorgeous. That's what I mean. Yeah. Download it and take a look because it, it, it is absolutely, you know, fantastic. Um, all right. Let's see, did I miss anything? Okay. So we did. All right. So, um, Carreso says, how many games approximately did apply for IWOCon? Like 700. Um, I've been fortunate enough to, one, be a judge for a lot of competitions, but also be behind the scenes and see Danelle in particular, <laughs> how she goes about this. And because the first time that we did one of the Pitcher Game Awards, it's like there were only like we got we got it down to like eight finalists and it was like an all day back and forth with everybody you know going through eight and so to sit down and and i know there's a lot of people who have could have called 700 to 200 pretty quickly but with the level of love that you all have for this i can't i'm impressed you pared down 500 games in in a year that's the um that's the bigger part um all right, uh, Dan, so, yeah, well, he's already gone. Okay, no worries. Anyway, um, all right, so let's get back to right here. Yeah, so Dustflower Gaming. If, if it hasn't been asked already, and it hasn't, so that's why we're going to put it up here. Do you already have ideas of, of IWO 
2022. And, and so that leads into one of my questions as well. What are you going to do from here? Is this going to be updated or, you know, do you have a live ops team on this, Myron? Or is this something where it's going to sit there, it's going to be good, it's going to stand on its own, and then next year you're going to do something different? So first of all, I would like to thank uh, Dustflower because she contributed to this because she sent us a very wonderful song that we actually play, one of the wonderful oh, the pirate song. songs yeah. we have. Yep. <laughs> so I want to thank her for that. I quite enjoyed it myself, and I'm sure more people actually enjoyed it. And by the way, you know, I'm just sticking it here. Uh, the soundtrack is available for download as well, hands free, and you can hear all these wonderful people and their wonderful creations. So to answer the question then, um, we definitely have plans. You know, obviously we were waiting to see the reaction people have. I mean, if everybody hated it, right? We would be like, okay, well, nobody wants this, so why bother anymore? But um, actually, it's quite the opposite. You know, we got some feedback that really got to us. We were really glad to see that people actually saw an increase on their wish lists, on their sales, and also in the, the kind of stuff they actually learned this year. You know, we had Christian Allen from Epic. We had uh, so many wonderful speakers from AAA studios, indie devs, voice actors, you name it. We had everybody. Um, they all presented and they all contributed something important, something valuable to all the audience we have to pretty much, you know, apply in their own projects and everyday uh, dealings with, uh, the, yeah, their projects. So um, we definitely have plans for next year. Um, obviously, you know, it won't be the same exact app you have right now on Steam. It's not like we will update this one. We will change the theme. We think this way we can keep it interesting, you know, keep people excited about it. They keep coming back and discover, oh, what's this year's theme, you know? So, and of course, you know, it also makes it more interesting in uh, in the aspect of game design, which obviously we all like. Um, so we definitely have a lot of plans. We have a theme in mind, but I'm not gonna say anything yet because we didn't finalize, to be honest. Secrets. Yep, secrets. <laughs> I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, it's not because we're trying to build the hype, although that's that, that's nice if it happens, but it's mostly because we have to consider the technical limitations and also, you know, how, how does it benefit development? How does it benefit our process? How does it benefit our organizing the whole thing, right? So we have so many factors to consider when putting this together. So we haven't finalized the thing, but we have a pretty good idea where we're going with it. Um, and of course, you know, definitely stay tuned because we will be announcing it as soon as we're ready to share it with everybody. Alexander said you, sh you should sell the hatch next year. <laughs> well, this year we have t-shirts if you want to help us out. I mean, if you go to the yes. IWO booth, you know, <laughs> we have like, uh, you know, we have this uh, nice clothing store there. So you can go there. It's very relaxing atmosphere, you know. <laughs> See, I didn't even realize that, you know, but so one, yes, I'm going to do that. But two, this is where I'm going to get on my, my business high horse. Oh my God, you could monetize the hell out of this. I mean, it's one of these things that I can absolutely see this becoming a showcase for developers, you know, every few months, but I know that requires, you know, money. To, to actually go and, and update it. But, you know, being able to do live updates on this throughout the year would have been 
fantastic. And, and, and I think it's just one of those things. It, it speaks to the level of quality that you all put into this in the first place. You know, I toyed around in it for an hour or two last night. And I, I, I'll guarantee you I could spend 10, 15 hours in this thing just going around and looking at all the booths and, and seeing the stuff that's in there. And you, you really have opened up an opportunity for IWOCon to not only help a lot of developers, but actually generate some revenue to keep everything going at the same time. Um, it's, it's just a, a really good. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we have, like I said, we have an actual clothing store. I mean, and not only, you know, you can buy Iowa themed merchandise there. Uh, we also have a metal concert. It's free, uh, but it's actually an hour long concert. You know, there's a stage where we actually work with metal heads, which got released, I believe the same weekend we launched, uh, Iowa con, um, and, you know, we have a lot of stuff going on. And obviously, we want to expand upon this. And at some point, we have to think about monetization. I mean, it's great that it's free. It's great that it's available to everyone. And we want to keep it free on the user side. But obviously, at some point, we have to monetize this. Otherwise, it's from a business perspective, it's not viable. It's not going to continue, you know. So we're definitely considering a whole bunch of stuff, but always with the same goal that we set out to achieve from the beginning, which is to drive attention and business to indie devs and why not even other devs? I mean, I actually read a comment the other day on Steam. Somebody was saying that they would like to see AAA games in an event like this. And I totally agree with this. I mean, yep. you know, there's so many games that people actually before, you know, I've been to GDC, I've been to PAX, I've been to E3. I love all those events and we're not here to replace them. We're here to complement them. So, but I know that also from a gamer's perspective, it's almost impossible for anyone to fly every year, you know, to GDC, especially when, you know, I, I think lately they were opening it up for uh, the general public, right? But most of the, or they didn't, I think they did. I think right? E3 has been opening more and more to the general public. GDC. Maybe the last day, I think, usually they would open up Fridays or something like that. And I'm not even sure, actually. But, you know, it was mostly an, a developer-focused event. I mean, yeah, it, it is. The, the thing about GDC is even if they made entrance on the last day completely free to the Moscone Center, that's not what kills you in terms of cost. It's the cost of flying to San Francisco yeah. and getting a hotel room in hotels that are typically a hundred hundred and fifty dollars a night until the week of gdc because yeah, of the right. moscone center has all these clauses in there it's not completely gdc's fault you know no, you have course. to sign up with this stuff but those tickets that I mean, those hotel rooms that are 150 bucks the week before gdc are 700 dollars the week yep. of gdc that's what kills you at these things oh even that's even as a developer you have to consider you know so many things before going there but oh, yeah. imagine now the general public, like technically they don't stand a chance of visiting anything like this and even less so if they live abroad, you know. So I think something like Iwakon, if it was also applied on the AAA level, it could actually, you know, attract a lot more business and attention and inform the general public in better ways, in my opinion, about everybody's games. And then, you know, I think that's good for everybody, good for business and the developers and the publishers and also good for the general public and the gamers who actually want to get the latest and best information. I mean, 
personally, I have nothing against news outlets, not at all. Quite the opposite. As a game developer, I, I need them, I respect them, and whenever they happen to cover my game or product, I'm always thrilled and happy, you know. But at the same time, the average person wants something fast, especially nowadays, you know, the way everything is structured in society, the way we're all connected all the time, and especially now that we're all restricted in all the time, right? We want something that's fast, easy, and pleasant at the same time. Something that helps us forget, you know, everyday crap. Yeah. And that's my opinion, at least. So, so I think that something like this could help everybody benefit. So, Danielle, because you have nothing else to do, you know, on a day in and day, <laughs> day out basis, as we lead into the next one, you know, over the next year, if, if people want to be involved either from, you know, helping on the development side to providing content to sponsors and, and, and actually investing towards this, how can people get involved in, in everything that you all are doing at, at you know, Into World Order? Um, I mean, the best way right now is to probably sign up for the newsletter so that when we announce things that could be applying for the next one or if we need aid, being in the Discord server or whatever, um, people that want to sponsor or do that like higher degree should be reaching out directly. Right now, I don't want anybody to be asking me about, <laughs> about anything. Everybody I email her today. Room. I need I need a oh my god, my DMs, the emails, like my brain is like, you know, like it's just like on on but yeah, if if you go and get the the newsletter, that's probably the best bet because we will be sure to put related stuff. Um otherwise if you're you know wanting to sponsor, that's great, fantastic. You can reach out directly uh and that way we can uh you know keep keep things organized on that side as well. Um and of course we're always you know not yet. Not yet. That That's my big takeaway right now, though, is please, uh, if you're wanting to help in general and not a sponsor. <laughs> I mean, to be fair. Let me get a couple to, days. A couple days. To be fair, it depends who wants to talk to us. But overall, yeah, yeah like give us yeah. give us like a week so we can recover from the whole thing. And then, you know, we're ready to talk, you know, so. Well, I mean, I can tell you, we're in for the next one. I, IGB and, and, and the Power Group will absolutely 100% be there. Oh, All right, so. That. We're closing in on our hour. We've actually already passed our hour, but that's not the point. Anyway, if money were no object, what would you do with this? What would you add? What would you want to do with it? I, think I would just be much. excited to do that kind of stuff. Like, uh, you know, the team uh, be able to, to do things like the multiplayer and stuff, you know, just flesh. More. I mean, to flesh be honest out. with you. I think we pretty much covered what we would want to do. It's just that we would be able to do it faster and possibly not just faster, but faster and better at the same time. I mean, now it's either fast and slow. I mean, fast and not that good, but still good or slow, but really good. So I think if we had the funding to pretty much, you know, uh, the funding that this would need to be able to reach its maximum potential, I think we would do both fast and good at the same time. And then I think we could expand it and include more people, more developers, more booths, you know, so many things and pretty much in the long run benefit a lot more people than we were able to this year. All right, Garden of Indy just brought up a good, good point. How hard would it be to put VR in this? <laughs> don't get me started with vr i mean i love vr i love vr i was an early adopter i believed in it that's why i actually even worked you know i worked my butt off on uh 
VR for SK and you know and we had some really good traction there too you know we were very popular on upload VR and other VR themed uh, websites and communities but VR is a it's a real challenge and I'm not saying we will never have VR in iWoken not at all but you just hit the VR button on the yeah, compiler. you just click what the hell exactly. you just I mean, click the mouse a couple of times and that's it it's all there yeah <laughs> It would be amazing, especially given how good the, the booth look and all of that sort of good stuff. So, all right, if anybody else, if you've got a question, if you're out there on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, wherever else we are at any given point in time, drop it in chat. We'll, we'll get it answered. But, you know, you two and your entire team behind it, you, you really do need to be proud because this is something that... I follow a lot of these digital conferences, obviously, because, you know, not only because we do them, but because I want to see, I always want to see what's new and what's innovative and what people are doing, because we're always looking to, you know, improve ours as well. You, you've got a lot to be proud of here and and you, you've really done a fantastic job and kudos to you because this is far beyond what I anticipated a year ago when you know, someone approached me and said, do you want to get involved? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll get involved. This will be fine. I'm happy to help. And then, <laughs> wow. Uh, I am really proud to be a little bitty tiny piece of, uh, of what you all have done. And there is, there's a IGB booth. So you can go and, and check it out and it's huge and there's coins in it and you can get our publisher list and you can get a discount to our future stuff. So anyway, Good. Well, thank you for having us here, Jay, and thank you uh, for giving us a voice to express our afterthoughts, you know, now that everything kind of starts settling down, I hope, today. Um, and, of course, you know, I really appreciate the comments you just gave us because that's what made it all worth it, to be honest. There, there was nothing else for us to benefit from, at least not this year, and seeing people happy and excited about it, that's, that's the best reward we can have right now, so... Thank you for uh, you know sharing your thoughts with us and with right. your audience actually. And I'm looking forward to the update that y'all are launching in two weeks that has the full you know <laughs> VR multiplayer, the, right? Sea of, <laughs> the, sea of Thieves in VR with <laughs> multiplayer, and they're dropping all that you know in two weeks. So that's going to be that's, I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna there be go. really good. I got my mouse right here, yeah. so I'm ready for it. <laughs> Just a couple of clicks, you know. All right, I could I could share one little cute story on the way yes. out. Absolutely. Okay. A moment that was worth it. Last night, I'm in I'm in Kitality's stream. Okay. He's he's walking around gamepad, gamepad. I mean, all the islands are great. I can't even be biased. I love all of them. They all have fun stuff. Go check out all the islands, guys. Um, and so he's on gamepad island and he's walking around. And he turns around, he's just casually walking up to this little game ugly. And not a lot of people, it's not like super well known or whatever. And it's just like this weird inception moment because like it's in this game that I've helped do all the stuff with in sort of the broad sense. It's on this booth that me and my friend actually like tag teamed and built a couple of the booths that are in there as well. So it's in this little uh, booth that I actually hand help hand craft on the side. And it's of this game that I know almost nobody sees. And he's sitting there, he's watching the trailer. We're going through the trailer and like I feeling emotional. Every time I walk up to the game, there's a couple games that always make me emotional just seeing them in the convention because I know that they don't get a lot of like traction right now and they should. Um, and at the end, 
you know, he's walking away and he's like, man, I got a little bit choked up after seeing that trailer and the music got me, you know, and he went and he signed up for the newsletter that they had because they don't even have a steam page yet. So he went and already signed up for the newsletter on the fly. And like, just in that moment, just tears from my end. Like it was like the whole, the whole thing coming into like this emotional, like journey. And I'm going to cry right now. Just the whole journey that we've been on to, to helping the Indies. Cause that's just like at the bottom line, all that matters. So in the very, the end, you know, just, I feel really cheesy and, and way too cringy right now in the middle of a live podcast, but you know, like just wanting so much to help the indie. So it's that, those little moments right there that are just like made everything, all of the blood, sweat and tears of this year and all of the pain that we went through uh, worth it. So, you know, I'm like really excited for the future to continue to help everybody. That, that's, that's awesome. And I know the feeling, cause I get people that, that reach out to me it shocks me sometimes how many people listen to my dumbass talk on the Twitch and, and, and on the podcast as much. I get emails from companies that like I look up to and I love their games and I'm like, oh my God, y'all y'all listen to this. There's it, You just reminded me though, there's a link that we haven't shared. What is the link that has the, like the curation page of all the IWO con or is that just on the regular IWO Steam list there's a page that you sent me that has like all of these games listed or am i hallucinating so no if you go actually to the indieworldorder.com from there we redirect you to indie game lover where she put danelle put all the uh all the information together in one place for all the exhibitors in iwakon and of course that's how you get to their information also through the app so if you press i believe it was three it takes you to the IGL page, dedicated page for each and every game. Got it. All right. I knew that was somewhere. All right. So I'm going to drop this in chat real quick. Uh, and if you're out there, you know, listening to the podcast version, uh, just go, like like Myra said, just go to IndieGameLover.com. And she's got a very comprehensive, Jesus, there's a lot of games in this. Um <laughs> Very comprehensive guide. <laughs> there's a, there's some drop downs. You can sort. You can you know oh, pull geez. engines, adventures, sci-fi. You know you can do some drop down sorting through there as well. It's absolutely amazing. All right, um, Danielle, go to sleep. Okay, <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna close this off. Go to sleep and get some rest, and then you know we'll come back and keep everybody posted on what you all are doing so that's it thanks for being here and if, if you're out there you want to learn more everybody here is on our discord it's the easiest place to find everything about indie game business it's just discord.gg slash indie game business and we'll talk to you all soon thanks everybody thank you bye, bye. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.